Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Here's what it says. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Jesus Christ died when he was about 33 years old. Other than the fact that he died as a relatively young man, well, on the surface, there seems to be nothing unusual about that statement. The reason why that seems to be a routine statement is because death, well, comes to everyone. When the Irish writer George Bernard Shaw completed a statistical study on the subject of death, he said he came to this firm conclusion. One out of one people dies. Now, normally, that's why biographers seldom spend much time on the deaths of their subjects. However, when we come to Jesus, this rule is broken. You see, one-third of the Gospels, which is the closest thing we have to a biography of Jesus, is devoted not to his life, but to his death. Now, we know that Jesus was totally different in his birth from every other human being because he was born of a virgin. We also know he was totally different in his life from every other human being because he was absolutely sinless. But I want you to learn now that Jesus was totally different in his death from every other human being. In this respect, every other human being ever born was born to live. But Jesus, well, he was born to die. A great preacher, Dr. R.G. Lee, put it like this. His death, prearranged, prophesied, and provided by God was no afterthought. Jesus was born with the shadow of the cross upon him, with the shadow of the cross upon his heart. He learned to walk, he learned to talk, he learned to work. From the earliest moment upon this earth, it was his burden by day and his pallet by night. Now, normally, people are remembered by something they accomplished by their living. Now, for example, when you think of George Washington, you immediately think, well, he was the first president of the United States. When you think of uh, Benjamin Franklin, you remember, well, he discovered electricity. When you think about Thomas Edison, you remember he invented the light bulb. When you think about Neil Armstrong, the first man to set foot on the moon, when you think of uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, you know he was the first to climb Mount Everest. You think of Walt Disney. You think of the creation of Mickey Mouse. But according to the Bible, the most significant thing Jesus Christ ever did was to die. 2,000 years after Jesus left this earth physically, the universal symbol of the movement that he began is not a cradle, it's not a crown, it is a cross. 
the cruelest instrument of execution known to the ancient world and one that was banned nearly 1,500 years ago. The cross is God's flashing neon sign telling us that the way to a personal relationship with God is through a place called Mount Calvary. One half of one verse, 1 Peter 3.18, gives us a simple, short, succinct, and yet practically exhaustive teaching of the death of Jesus Christ. For in this one half verse, we learn three crucial truths about the death of Jesus Christ. Number one, we learn it was a sacrificial death for sin. For Christ also suffered once for sins. Now, I call it a sacrificial death well, because Hebrews 9 and verse 26, it puts it this way. Instead, he has now appeared once at the end of the ages to get rid of sin by sacrificing himself. We will never understand the death of Jesus until we understand its relationship to sin. We all know that death is universal. We all know that death is inevitable. Medicine cannot prevent death. Medicine can only postpone it. What we call living, well, we could also call it dying, because at the end of the day, we all reach the same end of the day. Everyone, at one point or another, asks the question, is there life after death? But nobody has to ask the question, is there death after life? Oh, because we already know the answer to that question. Yet, Jesus' death was different from any and every other death that has ever occurred because of its cause. You see, basically there are four ways of dying. There is, first of all, execution, you know, whether lawful or unlawful. Secondly, there is suicide. Thirdly, there is accidental death. And fourthly, there is what we call sort of natural causes death. Now, though these explain the how of death, they do not explain the why of death. But we are told very plainly in Scripture that people die because of their sin. The first, Adam, was not born to die. He was, he was born to live. He was morally and spiritually perfect, created there in the garden in the image of God. Death was not in the picture. However, God made one thing very plain. He said, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. That was the first time Man ever heard the word die? Well, as we know, Adam and Eve did eat and they did die. 
from the moment they sinned, their bodies then became subject to disease and decay and deterioration, ultimately death. And their spiritual death was immediate. And now their physical death, well, that would be inevitable. We now know that ever since, every human being ever born has died. Now, the reason what happened to Adam happens to us is because what happened in Adam happens in us. Adam became a sinner. You and I, well, we were born that way. We share his sin and his guilt. We are born with the seed of death because we are born with the gene of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And there we read the following. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. All who sin die. So all people die, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the soul that sins, it shall die. And the wages of sin is death. Death is God's righteous and inescapable punishment of human sin. Before man sinned, death was impossible. Since he sinned, death is inevitable. Not one single sin, either of word, thought, or deed, can ever go unpunished. Now that raises a question. Jesus was sinless, and since sin is the only cause of death, well, then Jesus should not have died. Yet Jesus did die. He ought not to have died because he was innocent of any crime. He need not have died because he was innocent of any sin. Yet, the Bible says he was mocked, flogged, stripped, tortured, nailed to a cross, left to hang there until he was dead. But why? Well, there are only really two answers to that question. First of all, Jesus died a voluntary death. As a matter of fact, did you know that the death of Jesus Christ is the only voluntary death in the history of the world? That's why he said in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, he said the following, This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I received this commandment from my Father. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 8. There it says, No one has control over the life breath to retain it, and there's no control over the day of death, 
there's no release from war, and wickedness won't deliver those who practice it. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50 that Jesus yielded up his spirit. He died voluntarily for our sins. That's why I call it a sacrificial death. You know, a chaplain says was going around speaking to soldiers who had been wounded in battle. He came upon a soldier who was missing his right arm. Now, trying to comfort the man, the chaplain said, Son, I just want you to know that you lost your arm fighting for a good cause. The soldier looked up and said, Chaplain, you're wrong. I didn't lose my arm. I gave it. You see, likewise, Jesus did not lose his life. He gave it. He died a sacrificial death for sin. Number two, I want you to learn it was a substitution death for you and me. And Peter goes on to say, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. I want you to think about something, and it will make perfectly good sense to you. If sin is the only cause of death, yet Jesus had no sin, but Jesus still died, then there can only be one real cause of his death, and that's our sin. If death results from sin, and Jesus never sinned, the only explanation for his death is that he died on behalf of sinners, and he died in their place. Jesus serves as our substitute in paying the moral penalties for sin, assuming our guilt. Jesus accepts a punishment that he does not deserve. He is a stand-in for us in taking on sin's dreadful consequences. You know, the great evangelist Dwight Moody was, was talking to someone who was trying to deny the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. And he said, do not suppose God has made a law without penalty. What an absurd thing it would be. The penalty for sin is death, for the soul that sins shall die. If I have sinned, I must die or get someone to die for me. If the Bible doesn't teach that, it doesn't teach anything. And that is where the atonement of Jesus Christ comes in. You see, Paul wrote in Romans 5, verse 8, While we were sinners, Christ died for us. He said, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He said again, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. 
You see, we already see that Peter believed in it. Peter goes on to say in 1 Peter 2, 24, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. The apostle John believed in it. He said in 1 John 3.16, But this we know, love, because he laid down his life for us. The prophet Isaiah believed it. He wrote, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 and 6. You see, I refer to his death not only as a voluntary death, but also a vicarious death. The word vicarious comes from the word vicar, which has at its root meaning the word substitute. Vicarious means to take the place of another. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ did. I'm reminded of a story of a little old lady who was well, theologically ignorant, educationally illiterate, but she had a passionate love for Jesus and for the Word of God. And someone asked her one time, can you tell me what it feels like to be saved? Well, she thought for a moment and said, well, it feels to me as if the Lord stood in my shoes and now I'm standing in His. The third thing I want you to learn about the death of Jesus is that it was a sufficient death for salvation. You see, Peter goes on to say, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Christ died for the express purpose of bringing you and I back to a right relationship with God who created us. I still remember that in science class, in school, when you know, a teacher would demonstrate to us the power of a magnifying glass. And, you know, we would go outside and the teacher would take a small pile of leaves and then he'd, he would hold the glass, you know, the magnifying glass at the right distance and it would form a tiny circle of brilliant light right there on the pile of dry leaves. And within a few moments, those leaves would begin to smoke and then they would burst into flames. Somehow that glass lens was able to gather the heat from all the rays of sunlight you know, that were striking its surface and direct that combined sizzling intensity to one little spot on those leaves. Now, I want you to picture the world, a globe covered with billions of people, and above it, like rays from the sun, comes the blinding intensity and the heat 
of the righteous judgment and the wrath of God. It's bearing down upon the human race. Then imagine this, this great cosmic magnifying glass as wide as the world. And it's placed between, the, you know, the, between us and God gathering all of the intensity of that burning wrath and focusing it on one spot, on one individual, on Jesus Christ. They're nailed to the cross. Jesus Christ became the focal point of God's wrath. When the Son of God was crucified, the wrath of God was satisfied. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Peter puts it this way, the just died for the unjust. Because the just died for the unjust, the unjust, well, they're now just. When the just died for the unjust, he made it possible for the unjust to be justified. And therefore, thereby, they became just. You know, in certain parts of the world, a merchant sells goods displayed on a counter or a, or a table with, with no price tag attached. When someone wishes to buy an item, he lays down some money. If the merchant is not satisfied with the payment, he just leaves it lying there on the table. Then the person who is wishing to buy that item well, adds more to the money. So when enough is put down to satisfy the merchant, then the merchant will reach out and takes up the money, thereby saying, in essence, I am satisfied with the payment. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 11, the following, He shall see the anguish of his soul and be satisfied. If you're going to know Jesus, you must know him in his vicarious death. You see, he died an initial death as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. He died an official death as the God-selected substitute. He died a judicial death, the judgment death for others. He died a sacrificial death the just for the unjust, that he might bring us back to God. It's said that at one time, Napoleon was in a conference room with some of his generals. They were discussing the world situation, the campaigns, the conquests of the great Napoleon. On the wall was a map of the world. And the British Isles, the one country Napoleon could not conquer were painted in red. Story says that Napoleon pointed to those British islands and said, had it not been for that red spot, I would have conquered the world. I want to tell you something today. 
I believe Satan points to Calvary and says, had it not been for that red spot, I would have conquered the world. But he didn't. He didn't conquer it, and he will not conquer it because of the blessed cross and the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus who died in our place that we may live in his place throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. I pray that if anyone within the reach of my voice right now has not yet accepted the sacrificial death of Jesus, may they so claim it now, have their sins forgiven, and be prepared for an eternity with Jesus. Thank you for loving us, and bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that point in the program where we have our special offer for our viewers. And this week, we are offering this little book here, The Master of Love, book by E.G. White, He Lived for You. We'd like to give you this. It's a gift. There's no cost whatsoever. There's no obligation on your part. If you're interested in receiving this book, and pay close attention to the information you're about to hear. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another program. Thank you so much for watching us. Before we go, I want to remind you of our website, l4ltv.com. All of our previous programs are available for viewing there. And also you'll see the Live Appearances tab where I will be appearing live. Why not come out and see me sometime? Follow me on Instagram, at Santos underscore Bill every day. A one-minute devotional video gets put on our Instagram account. And we'd like you to get that, so just follow me on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Remember our missionnowcanada.com website, which deals with our overseas mission work. And if you're interested in joining us in one of those trips, or at least getting some more information, about those trips, you can do that on the website. Well, they're telling me we're all out of time. 
We look forward to the opportunity to do this again with you real soon. Until then, God bless you. We'll see you back here again real soon.